Welcome to BT Answer 1571. You have one new message. First new message. Message received yesterday at 4.27pm. Yeah, um, what's up darling? Um, I just uh, thought I'll leave you a, a quick message. Um, I know I kind of had to rush out today um <clears throat> yeah you you know that i've been uh, preparing this episode on porn and you know intimacy and marriage and stuff and um you know i've i've had to do research right so i've had to do research and um you know i've actually left my laptop there because I don't need to bring it with me to work today um okay so when you do use the laptop you might notice that I've been searching uh I've been searching for some stuff to do research okay it's important you know to do research so just keep that in mind when you open up the Chrome browser, okay, so yes, uh, it's fine, you know, there's nothing crazy that you're gonna see, but just in case if you're, you know, thinking anything, which I know you're not, but I just think I should leave this message, uh, so yeah, um, this is just so you know, you know, what to expect. Hopefully, you hear this message before you go to use the laptop but i just can't get through to your mobile so all right um hopefully i'll speak to you later hopefully i'll speak to you again i'll try you again in a bit hello guys welcome to another episode of fears and desires and first things first i just want to say thank you for all the feedback on the previous episode about sleep and sleep problems you know a lot of people reached out to me had emails I had messages on whatsapp on facebook and stuff and I just want to say thank you we spoke about a lot there was a lot of people that told me the issues that they actually had and it started some really cool conversations so we definitely have to talk about that again in the future um all the people out there with sleep problems hold your head up okay there's things out there to help us and for people that sleep with people that have sleep problems big up yourselves too okay there's help out there for you too all right guys so let's get on with the episode a quick warning that although no colorful language is included in the fairs and desires podcast Today, there will be talk of adult themes and of adult nature. So, I just want to give you a heads up if you're listening to this with someone who's not appropriate for. Alright, so today's episode is about intimacy and porn. So, I know that they don't go together. I understand that fully but they kind of do in a really weird way 
Now, in my marriage, I had to learn how to show intimacy to my wife in the right way. I had to learn that intimacy is not just about touch. I had to learn that intimacy involves a lot of trust. It involves knowing your partner properly and knowing how they feel intimacy and you being vulnerable to express to your partner how you want to be intimate with them. And it's not just about sex, it's about so much more. And on the other hand, we have pornography, where you're probably seeing the most intimate act. Right there, you're you're seeing it a lot of the time, it's in video format, okay? And if you are not careful, you're thinking that you're seeing something intimate, but we have to always remember that when it comes to porn, it's a business and it's there to fulfill certain desires that people have. Now, I thought a lot about this episode and how I'm gonna put it together. And this is a really important uh, episode for me to kind of put my relationship out there really and you know, show you guys another part of me so you guys can know a bit more about it's a worry. When I was younger, I grew up in an age where I saw the transition that porn had been making because of the internet and all of the great possibilities that the internet gave us. So you go from magazines, you go from VHS and you go digital. Okay, so you go to having pornography available so long as you have an internet connection and we know that internet is getting faster and more powerful and you can have it everywhere if you just have a mobile device that can connect to the internet now both learning about intimacy and the explosion of porn it forced me to look at my marriage and make changes into how I used intimacy with my wife and it forced me to really have a look at pornography and what it does to you everyone's different but I had to really sit down and make some proper decisions so I can have a healthy relationship so I spoke to some really really cool people and they really helped form this episode I spoke with coach Ashley Noel, who's a lyricist and self-worth coach. And she has gone through a lot of issues with a previous relationship. And we talked about how she got through this, how it changed, how she viewed intimacy and her addiction. Okay, I spoke to pastor Jason Villanueva from Wichita, great guy. We spoke about accountability in marriage and some of the issues that he's had with pornography and, you know, the steps that he takes to overcome it. And I spoke to Rachel Midori, a sommelier from New York, studying about wine and the depths 
that she's had to learn about wine but she was also a porn star as well for a few amount of years so these are three people that really helped the conversation go forward i had really great conversations with them they're great people so let's get on with the episode and why don't some listeners tell me what they think about when they imagine someone who has a sex addiction or a porn addiction That's an interesting one. Um, do you know what? I probably feel about sex addiction or porn addiction. Well, particularly sex addiction is more to do with maybe early exposure to sexual activities in some kind of way. Whether you saw it or you caught your dad's porn or his magazine or whatever it could have been. And obviously that's your first introduction to intimacy or sex with a woman or a man kind of thing. So if that's kind of misguided, you can always be looking. It's almost like uh, drugs, isn't it? Crack and heroin and that, the chase and the drug. It's almost like you're trying to chase that kind of... Um, I guess feeling or what it looks like it feels like kind of thing. Um, and porn addiction, boy, that's just, that's, I think that's when you're looking for something that's not real. And you constantly, like a, a real woman or a real man can't satisfy whatever your needs may be. I would say with porn addiction, I would say that type of person is someone who unfortunately is weak in the sense of needing uh, what we call like a quick fix um, some type of satisfaction uh, with that one I would say the person is weak in that sense it goes down to spiritual as well well this is just an assumption but I would think that someone with sex and porn addiction would most definitely find it hard to concentrate at work and engaging in conversations with friends and family. And also it would definitely affect their relationships, I believe, with friends and family because their mind would just be so caught up in wanting to watch porn or wanting to have sex that they would forget about other people's needs. You may have heard some say, a lot of guys look at porn. We shouldn't make a big deal about it. Yes, of course, a lot of guys do look at porn, but to justify the behavior... Grounds God and pornography, they don't mix. But at Pastor Craig Gross's Triple X Church, that's... I remember in the early times when I'd watched porn, I would picture everybody naked. Everybody. What is love? Well, you can break it down into three components. Passion, intimacy, and commitment. Together... They make up the triangular theory. So today I've decided to give you guys an insight into me and my wife's relationship um, when it comes to intimacy. And we actually like to send voice notes to each other through WhatsApp, a messaging service, okay? And these are messages that I've gone back and I've 
gone through our long chat that we have through this app and I've picked some out and it really gives an insight into the kind of stages that we've gone through. I thought a lot about whether or not I should put them in but they really do add to the episode and they show where we were at certain stages and it's a, it's a big thing for us because as time's gone on and we've had children and you know things happen in life you spend a bit more time at work and stuff and a great way to keep in contact is to send a voice note because it's not always possible to call your partner and speak to them but it is always possible for you to leave a voice message and for them to hear it and send one back so this has been a great way for me and Shamika to keep the intimacy there in the relationship and uh, let's get on with it Issa I really feel that you're not pushing yourself at all and you're very you've become very comfortable with the situation that we're in and you shouldn't be comfortable because I'm not happy with the way with the way things are I feel like we could achieve so much more than where we are than how we are right now you're not doing anything you don't you don't have any hobbies you you know you're not doing much with your time and there's so many things like that I know that you know like IT and other things like that, and you just don't do anything. You can't just be happy with me and the kids and not have any anything outside of that. It's becoming, like, boring, you know? You have to find something more to do. And I'm sorry about earlier. I really didn't mean for it to come out that way. I just needed to tell you how I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, darling. Um, it's yeah, it's it's okay. About earlier on, uh, I I made it to work on time. Um, yeah, I I have not been taking care of responsibilities properly. All right, I've been doing all this other stuff and not taking care of business. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. You know, I, I I need to take accountability for what I'm doing. I know that's what you meant, but sometimes it's hard for me. You know, my ego kind of gets in the way. Um, just put this in there. Yeah, so I'm, I've got a lot of thinking to do. I'm really going to think about it. Um, I, I will be more accountable. Um... And when I get home, we'll we'll talk about this a bit more, you know. But I know you're talking about accountability here, and I'm I'm gonna start working on that. All right, guys. So as mentioned earlier, I spoke to a great guy called Jason, and a big part of what we discussed is accountability in marriage. You know, it's one of the first things that go when you get comfortable in a relationship and you know what's it like when you find yourself wanting more you know when you're wanting more of something and what's it like when you look for that something but it's not with your partner now jason's a pastor 
and he dealt with addiction and it affected his marriage and he was kind enough to share his experiences. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to get into the topic of marriage concerning that, that's a big deal. Yeah, tell me something then. Have have you ever, was there like a moment in your marriage when you realized, you know, how important accountability is being a man? I don't know that there was a certain point that I can remember, but sort of a generality mm. concerning marriage. Something that I've learned is that <clears throat> your actions no longer affect just yourself. When you're a single guy, you can essentially, I mean, obviously God's always watching, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like ready with a lightning bolt, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> the spirit is here, you know, and you're accountable to him ultimately. But it's as though I, I did what I wanted when I wanted. Um, and I only had myself and God to answer to. Mm. So when you get married, and scripture talks about the mystery of the gospel that two flesh become one flesh. And so you're no longer making decisions just for yourself and your actions don't just affect you only. They affect your spouse and your marriage, whether or not you think they do, they do. And so we actually did one of those episodes called hidden sin. And we talked about how the actions of, of yeah, your actions affect everybody around you. Um, and, immediately your spouse. And so I began to realize that the things that I did or didn't do had effect on not just my wife, but then also my stepson and then now my daughter. Yeah. And so the decisions that I make and the things that I do, they have, there's a, there's a greater weight to consequence and effect. And so that's just one of the things I've learned in marriage. Yeah. So as far as accountability is concerned, it just, um, Oh, probably back in November, December, uh, I started meeting with a guy. Um, he's a he's a friend of mine. He's a Christian. And he came to me because he needed accountability concerning lust and pornography. And that had been something that I'd struggled with in the past. And um, I wouldn't say have totally overcome, but finding freedom on a daily basis. And, uh, and so that's one of the reasons that I have some of the, the things I have in place. But yeah, I think the biggest part of this, we just have to realize that we can't just do what we want when we want and think that we're the only people that we're affecting, you know, yeah. you, you have a family and it's not just physically, it's spiritually. There's a spiritual dynamic at play in the kingdom of God where two become one. And so it's interesting because, you know, I had a conversation with my wife and here's a little bit of openness and I'm sure she'd be okay with this, but, um, you know, she said, I know that you've struggled with lust in the past. And so do you know how that makes me feel when I think that you are looking at other women? And I said, well, why don't you tell me how it makes you feel? And she said, no, I want you to discern, like ask the Lord. Yeah. You know, he, he can tell you the things that are happening in my mind. Can you imagine the kind of, you know, insecurity and I'm not loved and I'm not enough. Those kinds of thoughts that are coming my way. And I thought, yeah, I can totally see that. And, you know, oftentimes I don't think we stop long enough to really consider the the consequences of our actions. And it's just because I talk about two kinds of consequences, like in spirituality, I talk about consequences that come from from the world, like breaking the law, 
So if I go out and I get a DUI, probably going to go to jail, probably going to have to pay some fines, mm. right? Have to get a lawyer. It's going to go on my record. I might get my license suspended. I might have to go to some you know, alcohol rehabilitation class. I might have to do these things. Um, and so those are true consequences that come from your actions in the world. But then not every action that we do or every sin that we commit has some sort of immediate physical repercussion. But I can tell you just because you don't see that, just because you, you, you might think you're getting away with something, but you're not really getting away with it because it is having an effect. Yeah. Because you're carrying, you're carrying around the knowledge of that hidden sin. You're carrying around the guilt and the shame. And that affects the way that you interact with your wife. Yeah. And that affects the way you interact with your kids. And so if you walk around feeling condemned and shamed and, and guilty all the time, well, then anytime your wife says something that you can take wrong, you're going to take it wrong and you're going to lash out at her. And it's not because she did something wrong. It's because you've been doing something wrong and it's causing you to react poorly. You know what yeah. I mean? Now, for our next guest, Ashley, there was a time in life where she found herself caught up in sex addiction. And, you know, we talked a little bit about that. And she she went through some of the, the problems and, the, you know, just the issues that she was going through at that time. So this is perfect because I really want to change how sex addiction is viewed. Because exactly, it is viewed as, you know, people think you're just super horny or they crack jokes. They're like, well, I like sex. Am I addicted? Ha ha. And, <laughs> and it's like, no, that's, that's not what it is. And just because you can't physically look at somebody and tell like, oh, they're withdrawing from sex, you know, like you could with heroin or any other major drugs, like, like you just said, you can physically see um, how it takes over. Whereas with porn or sex addiction, you, you kind of see like an emotional withdrawal and symptoms that way. Mm -hmm. But what it is, is just like any other addiction, it has to be something that is consistent and taking over your life like that it's conflicting with your daily tasks and everything yeah but it is a need and a like physical and mental craving for you could essentially say for a high because but your high is the arousal mm. or so you know is the arousal so it's not like the orgasm it's before that it's feeling that arousal yeah yeah i mean and it it definitely can be for the orgasm but like if you're going to compare it to drugs you mm. know they do it to get the high it gives that euphoric overall feeling it arouses your body and it takes over and just gives you this ultimate sense of euphoria and it's amazing so it's like oh well how could I get that again, except for with sex and porn addiction, there's so many underlying issues of lack of self-worth and lack of self-confidence and like not being able to be by yourself. And there's so many unhealthy issues that yeah. lead to those actions. Yes, I can, I can imagine because 
when you talk about it taking over your your day-to-day life that's addiction isn't it it's you can't help it it's like oh i know i have to be uh, a wife or a husband i have to be like a mom or a dad and i have to be like an employee i've got all mm-hmm. this stuff going on in my life but i'm gonna get this feeling no matter what and then i'll deal with the repercussions after yep. and a lot of the times those repercussions involve people close to you isn't it so it's a real it's a big thing and i think it's great that you're doing what you're doing it's like it seems to me like you're spreading out your reach because you're saying sex addiction porn addiction and people that are like sex in in the sex trafficking industry like the victims of it Mm -hmm. you know that sounds like a lot that's not like you're doing a lot plus you're a mum, okay and you have a life you don't wake up sort out the kids do stuff so like you have to rest you have to eat you have to look after yourself go out forget about stuff for a while meet your friends how is it how are you dealing with it now because it sounds like you're doing a lot of great work um you know what i am so fortunate to have help with my girls um because i am a single mom and i've got two girls four and six um, luckily they are also in school full time Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my me time. That's my time to go work, meet with clients, record my podcast, do anything that I need to do. And I'm just fortunate that like once or twice a week, I'm able to have them go to my mom's and get babysat by her so that I can go out and maintain my my sanity. <laughs> Listen, things are just not how they used to be. And to be honest, I don't know how to maneuver in this relationship right now. I just need some time to like, I don't know, just think about things and you know, see where I stand with things. It's just weird because I never felt this way before. I'm just trying to, like, you know, see what's going on. Yeah, darling. Um, I I know. I know you're you're in like a you're you're, you're transitioning. You know, that's that's what what I feel. Um, <clears throat> you're in a transition. Okay. And I know that I'm not always the best at communicating, okay? But I just want you to know that I do love you. And I know sometimes you need to explain things step by step just because of, like, how my mind works and the way that I take in and process information. But I'm here for you. I'm going to do whatever I can. If you tell me what it is that you need, what you want, you can do it, okay? You can do it. I know that we've we spend time doing lots of other stuff, but you can do exactly what you what you want to go for. Uh, I do believe in you, and I want you to succeed in what you're doing. I do I do understand. All right. Um, I know I won't be back for a, a couple of days. 
okay um and i don't really have time yeah yeah no i'm yes i'll be there in a minute i'll be there in a minute yeah sorry babe um i've be, i've got a goal but i know that we, we right now we don't have a lot of time it, you know and i'm so busy right now where i am um i'm going to call you tonight okay it's going to be late but i'm going to call you and um i love you so much and i'm here to help you so what's it like when you're in a transition phase we're going to hear from Rachel she's currently studying to be a sommelier um you know learning about wine and how wine can complement food it's a really really interesting subject um she's been doing it for nearly or over 4 years um it's a lot of work now what's really interesting about Rachel is she used to be an adult film star and she was in the industry for about 3 years and I actually heard her on a different podcast called Hair Pleasure and what I found really interesting about her and her story was that she was in the adult industry but she had no qualms about it she talks about it quite openly and now she's transitioned into a different industry and it it's just really interesting to talk to her to find out about the transition phase and some of the issues that she's faced having a past in the adult industry so yeah let's hear from Rachel just keeps going there you can never stop learning in this industry with wine it, it never stops yeah that's the word i was looking for passion yeah so it looks like you got a real passion for it what drew you to that you know the the industry you were in before you know that like adult entertainment industry it's quite it's it's a it's so different like to go from that to what you're doing now what was it that initially got you into it yeah i mean there's a lot of I don't know. It's always been weird. Um, I was an adult performer for three years and I loved it. I did it because I wanted to experience it. I wanted to experience it as a woman. I wanted to kind of advocate for sex worker rights and figure out, you know, how the industry works. And I was just really fascinated by it. So I just, I decided to do it. And I wasn't pressured into it or anything like that it was just a really it was just a, a fascination for me that I wanted to pursue so I pursued that and I uh I won some awards and I did what I did and I really enjoyed my time in the adult industry it was really great to have nothing bad to say about it it was a really great time that I spent in it I learned a lot about uh, I learned a lot about myself uh, learned about myself as a woman, learned about myself as a wife, even me and my husband, we get along really well. And when he watches my videos, it's really funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting, like to have that dynamic where, you know, you're married to a to a former adult, adult film performer, uh, which is interesting. So it created this I don't know. It created this dynamic where I get to talk about it now. You know, people don't talk about adult performers any. They don't talk about it in a career 
aspect. They don't say it as a career. You know, it's very taboo. It's very, you know, off to the side. No one's gonna, no one says that that is a career, but for me, it was, I pursued it. It was a career. I did what I did. I, uh, I did, I loved it and I did it to the fullest extent. Um, and, uh, And then I just decided to retire after three years. And I've always been fascinated with restaurants. I've always worked in restaurants. Um, And then I just decided to move in to fine dining. And basically I started at, uh, at a restaurant in Los Angeles, training in fine dining. And then I fell in love with wine there. Uh, And then I just, kind of branched off into wine, which is weird because when people find out that I was an adult performer and a successful one, and then I all, and I am also um, a sommelier, it's a very, it's a weird juxtaposition because you have this very, very taboo, raw, weird, taboo career of an adult film performer. And then you have a really eloquent, beautiful, you know, sommelier, wine expert, you know, it's kind of this extraordinary transition from this crazy, crazy career to this really elegant, beautiful one. Okay, so then I asked her if she thought there were any transferable skills from her old career to her new one. Now, yes, okay, uh, it's a bit of a weird question, but I was actually talking to her and it was just in my head. Um, Was there anything that she could take from her old career and apply to her new one? Skills from that? I honestly, I I mean, I don't know. (laughs) The skills from from that previous job, I mean, just respect. I mean, I think that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge, Thing that we have to talk about is I respect women a lot more than I used to. I respect myself a lot more. Um, I learned a lot about respect of the body, respect of personal space, uh, respect of people in the adult industry, and that can move into the restaurant industry. But I mean, it's a it's a weird transition. You know, there's not, there's not, there's really not really, there's nothing tying those two together, which is why it's so crazy that I jumped from something so crazy to one other end of the the spectrum. In Ashley's case, she got out of an abusive relationship, you know, the intimacy was gone. Was there something... Now, obviously, like, you you went through the sex addiction, okay? And like you said, it's like a lifelong thing. It doesn't just stop. Like, okay, I've I've conquered it or... I think I used that, but it's like you fought it and, like, now you're on top in the fight. If you're not like a wrestling match or something. I don't know the best analogy. So you're, like, winning the fight. So I could imagine that that helps you to say, okay, well... 
I've dealt with this for a while and I think I can help people. But do you remember the time, like what was happening in your life when you decided, I'm going to actually learn, you know, the techniques and psychology and become a coach and help people? Do you remember what actually led you to making that decision? Yeah, so... After my divorce, I moved out of state. I took my girls and I had to start over completely. I had nothing to my yeah. name. And I we we moved in with my parents and they helped with my kids and I decided probably after about 6 months of like self-loving and pity and just, you know, boohoo me trying to make sense of my divorce and everything. Mm. I decided, you know what, now is the time I live with my parents. They're able to help me financially right now. They're able to help me with the girls. If I'm going to go back to school, now is the time. Um, and they supported that 100%. And so I actually decided in the very beginning to go back to school because I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I'm just a mom now. I don't have a house to take care of. I don't have a husband. I don't have like this family unit. Um, all my friends are gone because I moved out of state. So I was like, well, you know, the whole what now? What am I supposed yeah. to do with my life? Because I thought I had it figured out. So I decided to go back to school and study psychology because it was I'm so fascinated with people and the way they think and what leads them to making certain actions and and stuff like that. They were so excited that after all this time, the business is up and running. Thank you so much. I couldn't be more happy. And I really, really appreciate all the help you've given me to start it up. I, like, I just, I can't even express how happy I am. Um, I'm going to need some more help, though, you know, because obviously I'm going to, I'm going to need to do marketing because I need to build up my customer base and that kind of stuff. Also, I'm going to need help with, you know, sometimes you might need to, well, I'm going to need you sometimes to drive to events and things like that and do some heavy lifting. You know, sometimes I'll, obviously I'll be able to do it myself, but I'm going to need you. And I know that you work hard. I know you work long hours. And I know you don't have that much time, but I, I really, really need you. So please help me. Oh yeah, just one more thing, I need to take some courses because I've been watching these seminars and they're all saying that I, that you should, if you really want to um, be good at what you're doing, you need to take courses in the field that you're going into because obviously there's lots of things that I don't know and I think it's I, I can just be the best I can be if I go to these courses and obviously I know we have a lot on our plate but I really do need to take them so there's some of them last for weeks on end so you know some there's going to have to be some shifting around that we're going to need to do with regards to you know the kids um you know activities whether it be their swimming or their music lessons but they might even have to miss a few because it's really important that I go to the this these courses so I've already booked them so I'm just gonna have to speak with you a bit later on and you know figure this out all right all right bye babe yeah babes are oh, well done yeah 
that is fantastic news. You know, man, I'm just really happy. Um, as far as you going away, oh, you know, I knew it would come to this, but it's a sacrifice that we have to make. We have to make the sacrifice. We'll we'll figure it out. You know, we'll I'll get my calendar. We'll get your calendar. We'll look at the activities for the kids and we'll figure it out okay um just want you to know that and um yeah i've i've got a goal but um I, I should be able to video call you later on on my break anyway so that i can see your face when you tell me yeah all right i gotta run now when you're getting somewhere and you're getting out of a situation this is where our fears start to kind of creep in and for me personally, I was telling so many white lies and it was just a way for me to just get out of this situation. It wasn't fair. It was the wrong thing to do. And it was putting a barrier between Shamika and I. And when you're doing things like that, you know, your partner can't trust you. The trust completely goes. When the trust completely goes, the intimacy starts to fade away quickly. And it was great talking with Jason because he's gone through a lot of stuff and accountability comes up again. So here, what Jason went through. So you want to talk about some fears. Um, when, so going back to my, my marriage story, Kim and I, we start dating and we really start talking about marriage and I'm thinking about all of the stuff I've done in the past that would probably hurt her to know about. So then I had this fear that if I told her all of the terrible things that I'd ever done, that she would reject me and not want to marry me or not love me anymore. Yes. And so she had some things in her past. And so we, we just had the conversation and said, you know, how much do you want to know about my past? how much should we know about each other's past? And she said, you know, I, I think we know each other enough already that we don't need details, just generalities. So she, she knows that in my past I drank a lot and I'd done some illegal drugs and I was in promiscuous relationships. She knows some of my deep, deeper, darkest secrets. And so I, I came to her at one point in time before we got married. I said, look, I'm, I'm, this has been weighing down on me. I need to confess these things to you. I just need you to know because I don't want you to find out later and reject me. I'd rather you know up front. And so I told her um, two really deep secrets about myself. One was that since the age of five years old, I had, I had this lust porn masturbation problem, right? Yeah. And I mean, I wept, <laughs> I was broken. It, it was really hard. It's not anything I ever want to have to do again. <laughs> um, there were those things that I was really afraid of that if she really knew these things about me, that she wouldn't want to be with me. And so we addressed those things and it was fine. So a little bit later on in our marriage, so we just celebrated, oh gosh, I have to do the math. 
four years being married. Oh, well done. We celebrated our four year anniversary. And yeah, I think it's June 28th. Yeah, you got 10 years, man. That's, <laughs> that's to be applauded as well. And, and so some of these issues from the past started to creep up again. They didn't manifest in the way they had in the past, but there was a constant struggle to subdue them. And there was some guilt and some shame associated with some of those things. Mm -hmm. And so here I was facing this fear again, that if she knew that these were things that I was struggling with now, not just something that I'd struggled with in the past, that she was going to reject me. And it was a lie. It was a lie from the enemy that that was going to be the case. My wife loves me. And she told me when I told, I told her, I said, I just, I need to get some freedom. And she said, we're going to get you freedom. Like we're going to work through this. You know, the Lord is good. He's, this isn't anything to really worry about. I'm just glad that you finally told me that this was an issue again so that we could, we could move forward and press on. And so now it's kind of like you with the lying thing. It's like, it's just dumb little lies. And, and, you know, you could be honest in every little area, but there's still something that keeps you from doing that. And so, you know, my wife will ask me every once in a while, like, well, you know, have you looked at anything or how are you doing with social media and that kind of stuff? And, and I'll tell her, well, it's a, you know, it's a daily battle. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't given in, I haven't looked at porn. You know, I, I've, I've not done this. I've not done that, but I'm still struggling in these little areas. And she's like, well, we need to get those little areas under control. So where it started off as a big, huge problem, now that there's been confession and open and honesty, that and there's been trust, yeah. and I've kind of pushed through some of that fear, it begins, that problem begins to get just a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller. And the key is staying open and staying honest and not allowing that fear to push you back into that, to that really bad place where the guilt and the sin and the shame begins to fester and grow again yeah that's that's it's, how it's it, tough it is. yeah it is a daily it's a daily battle and it's not like your wife's always there to be right next to you sometimes right it's just you and it's just up to you to just use that strength and you know it's not easy also to like to say to your partner how have you been with this problem? And, you know, it's not, it's not always easy. I'm sure that it's not always easy for like my wife or it's not always easy for your wife to just say, Oh, how have you been recently with this or that? You know, these problems you used to have, you know, it's like you're both working on different areas of that problem. You might be here doing with this and your wife is backing you up. And sometimes you're there and you know, you're backing your wife up. It's the teamwork aspects to, like you said, to make the problem smaller. Right. Yeah. But I think the fear exists on both ends too. She, she doesn't always ask, but sometimes she does. And I think sometimes she doesn't want to ask because she doesn't want to know. Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe she just doesn't want to experience that pain again. So she just assumes that everything's okay. Yeah. But then when she asks me, I get to be honest and say, Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing great but there's still a little bit of struggle in this area. Yeah. And that's where I talked about where we've set up, you know, I've tried to set up some accountability stuff and be really, you know, I've, I shut down a bunch of my personal 
social media accounts. And so now I just have like the podcast and our church and some other things. And she has the passwords to my accounts. And I have a work account that's, I don't have any friends or anything like that. I just, you know, follow some groups and things like that. And, and I only use that pretty much use that work account at work. Um, and so, yeah, just setting up some things here and there, but more than anything, it's faithful in prayer and allowing the Lord to move in you and, and, and really truly desiring freedom and wanting to move forward with it. Like I don't, it's, it's terrible to think that next week my wife would say, how are you doing with that? And then if I don't have my crap together this week, then I'm going to have to tell her. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to have to do that. It sucks. Yeah. it's not just that it's, I mean, there's so much more concerning sin and, and, and anyways, it just, yeah, it's, it's a struggle, but getting past those fears and working through those things is the best thing that you can do. And, and fear is number one fears. It's a liar. Like we create these, um, what's the word worst case scenarios yes that's essentially what fear does fear presents the worst case scenario as currently reality when it's not reality it's a potential reality right and so fear says this is the truth about the situation but it's actually a lie about reality but then you believe it and you function as though it's truth but it's not yes you see what i'm saying yes and so then when you break through that you realize that Honestly, it was it was foolish. Yeah, I was silly to think that my wife wasn't gonna love me through the struggle. That's foolish. So then, what I did is, well, I just continued to to function how I was functioning, not trusting that my wife was gonna love me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's silly. Now, after getting out of her relationship, Ashley, you know, she started making real positive progress in life and she even started furthering her education and um you know speaking with her i could tell like how happy she was this progress she's making these great strides in life but once again here comes addiction okay here comes porn addiction coming back round so let's listen to what ashley was going through at that time so the kind of the ironic thing was while going to school and taking all psychology classes for like a solid year I was living the life as a sex addict <laughs> and oh, like the first year yeah 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 so I, okay. I, I just went back for a full year and it was just all psychology stuff or health and development and like drug addiction type stuff yeah. so So while taking all of those classes and being a single mom, (laughs) I, you know, addiction does not discriminate. Anyone can be addicted to something. And regardless of what your schedule is like or how many tasks you have in the day and you don't feel like there's enough time for one more thing, addiction allows time for that one more thing. And so I, I made time for it. All right, now, while I'm talking to Rachel, one thing that I'm always interested in, you know, especially speaking to her, is what's it like when your past comes up when you've been in the adult movie industry? 
Um, so I asked her, and it's, it's really, really interesting. Rachel's a really, she's a really open person. I had a great talk with her, but you know, what is it like when her past career as an adult movie star comes up? Yeah, it is. It, people people are very uncomfortable about it. Uh, some of uh, usually, <laughs> I love the confrontation. I think uh, I think that's what I'm made for. I really like confrontation. I don't know if I was put on this planet to kind of people up and kind of rattle up their brains, but I think that's what I'm here for because you have this preconceived notion of what a porn star is. And then you think of what that is. And now me moving into this other, other industry, um, I do get confronted with it. And in my job now, when people do find out, and I was working in a, in a restaurant in Los Angeles, and I didn't tell anyone what I had previously done. Um, I just worked. I worked my ass off. I worked really hard. I showed how hard, like how well I did. I worked my way up and everyone noticed that I was really good at what I did and I moved up in the ranks and I obviously showed how good I was, you know, in that industry, in the kitchen and expediting, you know, on the floor with the guests, with managing, with service and everything like that. And then, you know, a year later when yeah. I'm, you know, this glue that has been this really great star of this restaurant. And then someone comes up to me and says, Hey, uh, I Googled you and did you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I did that. Well, how do you, how do you do that? And do this at the sea? Like how do you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't comprehend in people's minds. It, 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 confu it confuses them that I can be eloquent and beautiful on the floor and, you know, have, be intelligent, be a, be a respectable, intelligent woman on the floor. But I can also have this, you know, crazy past career that, you know, contradicts everything that I'm doing. And I do get confronted with that a lot. Um, and it's usually confusion um it's usually just confusion and then people don't really want to talk about it i get confronted a lot with it it's, it's difficult and uh when it comes up it's a it's a conversation that has to be had and it's it's funny to me um and it's it shakes people up especially especially in my industry just because it's very very finesse and very bougie so very interesting when people confront me with that, but I'm very open about it. Mm. I never, I never shy away from it. So Issa, you know we're getting back on track with our money finally, after however many years of being in debt and not really doing much to sort it out. We're finally like paying off the last of the last. Listen, we can't get back to how things were before. We cannot, like, we've paid a lot of debts back, you know, we, we've sacrificed a lot of things for the kids, for ourselves, like, we did it all because, you know, obviously we know better now, like, before, like, we didn't know really about money management, and there was nobody to tell us 
about how to manage money and all these things but through our experience we finally you know learn how not to spend and you know where to allocate certain monies so we can't we have to do better we have to do better by the way don't forget to go to the bank yeah all right yeah babes uh i did try and call you but the uh the reception um is is really bad um it's this part of london there's all these higher buildings and stuff but yeah oh, i'm so happy about that it, oh man that that was not easy for me um yeah babes uh, yeah we definitely know better um we cannot get in that situation again. I mean, it felt like it was fun when I could just go and buy stuff and getting stuff on credit and feeling like I actually owned this stuff when I didn't. But um, we're not gonna go back to that. Yeah, we definitely know better, so I'm definitely gonna do better, okay? And uh, you, you can trust me with that. I'm, we, you know, we're gonna run stuff past each other from now on i'm gonna do my part but it is great to know that we are almost there we're almost there i can't believe it ah okay so we'll speak soon um i'm just in the canteen at work uh sorry one second all right yeah i've i've, I've actually gotta gotta get back um but we will speak soon um, I'm actually finishing a little bit earlier than I thought today. Um, so we'll have to see about that. But yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, babes. All right. Bye-bye. 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 All right. So after all these great conversations with my guests, let's hear about what they're doing now, how they're spreading their knowledge and the changes that they're making in life. Well, part of the ministry of the Source Wichita, the reason we have the Salty Dogs podcast is because our ministry has purchased podcasting equipment that is now in our building that not only is utilized for the Salty Dogs podcast, but also Disciple Nations podcast and then two or three other podcasts that are going to start. So essentially, we're starting kind of a podcast network yeah. out of our ministry, the Source. So I want to help come alongside people who have vision for media production and that kind of thing. And I want to help them do that. So we're starting something called the Source Broadcasting Network. And so we're going to have a room in the basement of our church where you can podcast, you can do live stream video, you can record video, you can record voiceovers, um, you can have people sing, produce music, um, you can do, I think I said live stream, you can do recorded video, photography, any kind of media production you, you can think of the source Wichita is going to, is going to create this network where people can come in and then utilize all the resources that we have to help realize their dream. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people talk, a lot of people talk bad on marriage, but you know, it's just your, your team and that's, that's it. You know, it's me, him and my two dogs. So that's it. And that's our family. And, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's marriage is, it's a team. It's like you're, you're going out to the world and you're going after it and you're holding hands with someone and you're like, all right, let's take all this off. We're going to take it all on. Um, okay. So 
the company is called Stand Up Placer. And through them, they trained me as a California crisis counselor. Okay. So, so I got certified as a crisis counselor. What that means is we worked directly with the victims and survivors of domestic violence, sexual trafficking. So I ran domestic violence support groups. I spoke one-on-one to the clients. I even helped um, someone leave an abusive relationship and put her into a safe house. I also um, started out being a hairstylist in my early 20s. And so I started doing hair. Yeah, so I started doing haircuts for women and children who were in these safe houses and who had left abusive relationships. And because you just need a boost of confidence, you need to know that there's somebody on your side. And so that was one of my really cool ways of just like, hey, let's let's get you feeling like you're freaking best and the warrior, and you're gonna fight. You are gonna come out on top and strong and loud me to do i loved every second of it all right so as mentioned near the uh, start of this episode ashley is a lyricist and if you check her out on facebook and stuff you'll see she puts poems up and stuff and i really enjoyed listening to them and reading them and so i just want you guys to hear a poem that Ashley had written previously and uh, I, I really liked it so check it out this is called if only if only I was smaller as skinny as the girls who are worth your dollar if only I had a six-pack instead everything you want I lack if only my belly didn't shake maybe when I walked you wouldn't act like there was an earthquake If only I had a thigh gap, for once you could hold me as I sit on your lap. For If only my boobs were a double D, but they fed your two kids, so they're a sad B. If only I didn't have cellulite, you'd want to see me when the lights were bright. And if only my hair was long, you wouldn't call me JB every time you hear his song. If only I didn't have a double chin, I could have a better profile and actually look thin. If only I was your dream girl, even if that meant my food, I would hurl. But then I wouldn't be me. My body is a temple. Why can't you see? I grew and birthed our two kids. Yes, my body changed even down to my eyelids, but I'm a person and I have flaws. I'm not an abstract freak who was born with paws. I needed time to get back in shape, but your constant ridicule, I could never escape. Three months ago, I left you, and I'm better than ever and feeling new. If only you realized all you had, you wouldn't have treated me so bad. If only you saw me for who I was, you wouldn't have stayed with me just because. If only our love was deeper than looks, our story would go on like all the best books. If only you realized how good you had it, our marriage you'd never quit. If only you saw the beauty in me, you'd know you were the luckiest you could ever be. Oh. All right, it wasn't really easy, you know, sharing those audio messages and uh, had to talk about some uncomfortable truths, but I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. In a future episode, we're going to go deeper 
into intimacy and uh, some other things that I've learned although a lot was learned in this experience we've only scratched the surface so if you've heard anything that you like today or that you've learned about or anything you think you can share with me don't be scared to message me or email me yeah so I want to tell you a bit more about today's guests who I had a great talk with um Jason he's pastoring at the Source Church in Wichita and he's really into media he does like live streaming photography filming he does podcasting he's doing a lot of stuff and he's making some really big strides and it was so fun speaking with him you know we're both Christian men we're both husbands we're both parents so blessings to you Jason man Rachel she's doing great work she's in the process of opening a restaurant uh, her husband is a chef so she works quite closely with him and check her out what she's up to check her out on Twitter and see what she's doing and Ashley she's doing a lot of stuff on Facebook as well always putting out positive stuff and it's great to see her updates and to see the, what she's doing it's really cool thanks guys thanks for giving me your points of views and it's really really appreciated the next episode is going to be about death okay it's inevitable isn't it we're not going to escape it it's something that affects us we have people close to us that have passed and we hear about death every single day if we listen to the news or we read newspapers it's there it's as much a part of life as life itself but me being the kind of person that I am sometimes you have to joke about it okay and I speak about that with a really great guest um I speak about bereavement and I also speak about how events in history have molded how we view death and how we move forward as society so that's what you're going to hear about in the next episode guys take care okay let's handle these fears and desires let's talk about things and let's just be good to each other all right see you later guys Music on today's episode was provided by Chris Ponsalan and you can hear more of his great work over at chrispunsalan.com.